This is the Sleeper Hold Podcast. Welcome to the Sleeper Hole Podcast, where there is no disqualification on the topics and falls count anywhere. The Women in Wrestling series continues as yours truly, Priest, serves as your tour guide. First off, I want to thank you all so much for being patient and understanding with us about the delay. We had a bit of a family emergency yesterday, but as promised, we are here to give you another great episode and are not going to let our fallen angels down. When you think of the women who have been in the squared circle, more than likely you will think of either the divas of today or the women during the past who were willing to look a little risque by letting their looks entice the fans. But you gotta remember, not every woman tried to use their assets and sex appeal to make their mark in the wrestling history. The two women in today's episode are just like that. They both are beautiful, but they didn't flaunt it as much as they did their own skills. The first woman has been easily seen, to be, for me at least, to be one to love to hate. And that woman is Ivory. Ivory's career actually started back when a friend convinced her to try out at the Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling audition in Las Vegas, Nevada. After a successful audition, Ivory began her training under Mondo Guerrero for six weeks. She started out with Glow, the gorgeous ladies of wrestling, then wrestled for Powerful Women of Wrestling and Ladies Professional Wrestling Association. By 1999, she began her career in the World Wrestling Federation. Ivory started out with a love interest in Mark Henry while acting as a valet for Mark Henry and D'Lo Brown. She made her first in-ring debut while teaming up with D'Lo Brown in an intergender tag team match against Jeff Jarrett and Deborah that resulted actually in a no contest. She started a feud after that with Deborah, and also during WrestleMania 15, Ivory accompanied D'Lo Brown and Test in their match for Jeff Jarrett and Owen Hart's Tag Team Championships. However, Jarrett and Hart retained their title due to an interference from Deborah, Jacqueline Moore, and Terry Runnels. Ivory won the Women's Championship on June 14th after defeating Deborah and defending her title against Tori at SummerSlam. With her feud against Tori, Ivory became a heel. She even participated and defeated Tori in the first women's hardcore match on September 6. After her feud with Tori, Ivory was faced against Luna Vashun for a while before she actually went up against the fabulous Mula. Here's the kicker. Mula defeated Ivory for the championship on October 17, 1999 at the No Mercy pay-per-view. On October 25th, Ivory did regain her title during Raw, but later was 
lost to Miss Kitty in a Four Corners evening gown pool match during the Armageddon pay-per-view, which also ended in a very risque... uh, Yeah, let's just leave it at that so you can watch it yourself if you want. Children, don't, don't watch it. Here at the Sleeper Hold Podcast, we strongly believe in helping others. This quarter, the Sleeper Hold Podcast is going pink with Susan G. Komen as we join the Rise Above Cancer campaign. Susan G. Komen is the world's largest nonprofit funder of breast cancer research. Breast cancer is the most commonly diagnosed cancer in the world and the second leading cause of cancer-related deaths among women in the United States. There are already more than 3.1 million breast cancer survivors now in the United States, and your contributions will help with the research and work to increase the number of survivors of breast cancer. For more information or to make your donation, visit thesleeperhold.com and click on the Susan G. Komen link. After losing her title, Ivory became more of a conservative character and grudgingly participated in the Miss Royal Rumble swimsuit contest that Mae Young was declared the winner of. Ivory made her focus towards Jacqueline's Women's Championship, but without any success. Ivory took a short hiatus and returned on September 2000 as a member of the most annoying faction I ever knew. I mean, even more annoying than the New Day. We're talking about the right to censor. Ivory began to wear less suggestive ring attire and more conservative hairstyles while focusing a rivalry between the women's champion, Lita. In a fatal four match against Jacqueline, Trish Stratus, and Lita, Ivory became the women's champion once more. Ivory would retain this title against Lita at the Survivor Series and even a triple threat against Trish Stratus and Molly Holly at Armageddon. With right to censor behind her, Ivory's focus actually went towards China. This was after China became the cover of a year 2000 Playboy issue. On December 7th, Ivory and Val Venus delivered a double team pile driver to China on Raw, injuring her neck. On 2001, Ivory retained her title again against a returning China when the ninth wonder of the world re-injured her neck. But at WrestleMania 17, China was able to defeat Ivory for the championship. Shortly after, Right to Censor disbanded on April 26, 2001. When there was the invasion of ECW and WCW against the WWE, Ivory returned to team up with Tori Wilson and Stacey Keebler to defeat Jacqueline in a handicap match. Ivory actually turned on Tori during the match due to her budding romance with Tajiri and ended up as a valet for Lance Storm. At the Survivor Series, Ivory participated in the six-pack challenge for the vacant women's championship, which Trish Stratus actually won. In 2002, Ivory was a trainer for the second season of Tough Enough while also being drafted to the SmackDown brand. Ivory built a feud with Kenda Miles and Jackie Gata, co-winners of the Tough Enough. Later that year, Ivory was traded to Raw in exchange for Big Show, where Ivory teamed up with Victoria and had a feud with Trish Stratus. 
by the end of 2003, Ivory had a chance to go against Molly Holly for the women's championship, but lost as Molly grabbed the tights for leverage and managed to capture the victory. Ivory once more served as a trainer for Tough Enough during the third season. The next woman is one that for the longest time was a huge fan favorite, even with her sweet, innocent persona. When she turned heel, I personally had a hard time taking her seriously, but she still performed beautifully inside the ring. She's been a superhero. She's been a participant in hardcore wars. And she's been shaved bald. She is Molly Holly. Molly had no plans to be a wrestler, but she was interested in appearing on American Gladiators while growing up. She trained to be a powerlifter from age 14 to age 18, and at age 14, she broke the Minnesota State powerlifting record, 75 pounds, for her age by lifting 100 pounds. She also trained as a gymnast, and later she began wrestling for fun, not because she wanted to be on TV. Molly's training began under the wrestler Dean Malenko in 1997. She began her career under the name Starla Saxton and won two championships in the independent circuit. By 1998, she had begun her on-screen career under this name for both WCW and the WWF, including a match where she beat Jacqueline for the WWF Women's Champion on an October 98 episode of Sunday Night Heat. In 1999, Molly started in WCW as Miss Madness, a valet for Randy Savage. Along with Medusa and the rest of Team Madness, she was famous for interfering in the matches to assist Savage in emerging as the victor. However, when Savage lost his championship, he took it out on Medusa and Miss Madness by firing them from his team. After this, Molly changed her name to Mona and quickly became a fan favorite before leaving for the WWF in 2000. When Molly signed over to the WWF, she started out being known as Lady Ophelia and managed William Regal. But she really wasn't known on television until she joined with Bob Holly and Crash Holly and assisted them with their feud between Test, Albert, and Trish Stratus, while also being under the name of Molly Holly. Molly was the first one to have a televised victory over Trish Stratus, which occurred during a six-person intergender tag team match during Survivor Series. Molly was still more of a ringside assistance during this time, as she was more seen at ringside to help spike and crash Holly. However, in a match between Crash Holly and Dean Malenko, Molly's former trainer, Molly stood along the edge of the apron to distract the referee and assist Crash. Malenko went to Molly and planted a big forceful kiss on Molly, which annoyed her and led her to assisting Crash with a victory by using her new finishing move, the Molly Go Round. In 2001, Molly began a relationship with Spike Dudley, right in the middle of a big feud between the Hollies and Dudleys. The relationship caused so much tension that both the Hollies and the Dudleys were not approving of these two dating. It even led to an intergender singles match with Molly going against and pinning Crash Holly. 
Sleeper Hole Podcast is proud to be partnered up and broadcasting with 217 Radio, an internet radio station in the central Illinois area. To keep up with our new weekly schedule, our show is aired every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, and yours truly also has another show at that same time every Wednesday where I freely speak my mind on some of the news locally and nationally. But you don't only get to listen to me. There's great music and incredible shows from other hosts as well. Soon, I will be super looking forward to the show that talks about the paranormal and does the little investigations. I'm a big paranormal junkie, so that one's going to be awesome once it gets up and going. Wednesdays also has 217 Problems, which is from the same great creator of 217 Problems, which is named and shown on Facebook. Now, Pickett, he's one of the producers of 217 Radio, and he has the Pickett's Movie Show on Saturdays, which is great for those who want to review on what movies to check out. And I'm looking forward to seeing my buddy, Jeremy Bailey, launch Lincoln's Legends on the Thursday night slot. Now, this is a big-time growing show, so let me tell you, many shows are being added as days roll by, and there's many things going on. So... I am very, very sure there's going to be so many great things to check out as new shows are added and there's something for everybody. So what are you waiting for? Just go to 217radio.com. Sit back, relax, and enjoy some great shows and a great variety of music. In September of 2001, Molly Holly dumped Spike Dudley and took on a new role as Mighty Molly the superhero sidekick of the Hurricane. The two were a great gimmick of crime-fighting, or heel-fighting, rather, duo. The duo looked like they were going to be inseparable, that is, until you put the hardcore title in with a mix of the 24-7 rule. Basically, the hardcore championship is on the line 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, and the champion will have to defend his title anywhere he goes. So, as long as a referee is round, the title can be up for grabs. During WrestleMania 18 in Toronto, the Hurricane won the hardcore title and began to have an interview. And during this interview, Mighty Molly distracted the Hurricane with something off at the distance, and while the Hurricane was looking away, Molly thwacked the hurricane on the back of the head with a frying pan. Yeah, you heard me right. Don't believe me? Go go check out WrestleMania 18. That's pretty much the highlight for me. I love watching that bit. Painting the hurricane, though, Molly did become the first female wrestler to be the hardcore champion. I say female wrestler because there was another woman before her, but it was just a valet for the godfather. An hour into being the champion, though, Molly had her face slammed into a door and lost her title to Christian. Once she split ways with the Hurricane on 2002, Molly returned to her name of Molly Holly and darkened her hair to an auburn brown instead of donning the blonde locks. She became more of a heel while being a bit of a self-righteous prude who was distinguished by the other women in the WWE that used their um, assets to gain popularity with the fans. 
often referring to herself as prude and wholesome, she once more had a feud with Trish Stratus, where she won the championship at the 2002 King of the Ring pay-per-view. At the Unforgiven pay-per-view, though, the title would return to Trish. However, Molly did get her second women's championship reign by defeating Gail Kim, who later did team up with Molly. Molly and Gail ended up having a big feud against Lita and Trish, which led to Molly defeating Lita at the Survivor Series. On February 23rd, 2004, Molly lost her championship to Victoria in a four-way elimination match. This feud led to a hair versus title match at WrestleMania 20, where Molly lost not only her chance for the belt, but her hair as well. It is said that Molly takes credit for this whole gimmick and this whole match, saying that she offered the idea to Vince since she really wanted to do something that would shock and wow the fans at WrestleMania. Molly tried to hide her baldness, though, with loose-fitting wigs, and it didn't always work until she kind of did what Kurt Angle did and had like a chin strap as well to keep it locked in place. Molly started a feud with Stacy Keebler that assisted Keebler in getting her number one contender's opportunity. And on the 2004 Taboo Tuesday pay-per-view, which was a very clever pay-per-view, mind you, definitely check it out. Vince was a genius with this, and I wish they would do it again. Molly did compete in the Fulfill Your Fantasy Battle Royal, where the Divas had to dress up in schoolgirl uniforms. And Molly wore more of a demure 1980s style uniform with the large pink granny panties underneath. Really, you know, toned down compared to everybody else's risque schoolgirl thing. Molly did lose the match. In April 2005, Molly Holly's full-time career with the WWE did end, but she did make some part-time appearances. Well, ladies and gents, that does it for this week's episode, but we are far from done with this series. There are still so many great women to give honorable mention to. I don't even know if we're going to get to them all by the end of this series, but we're going to try to see who we can and get get to. And if we don't get to them all, you just know that means we're going to have a women in wrestling part two down the road. But anyway, remember that if you do have a recommendation, you have any thoughts or you have anything you want to say about these episodes, comment on our Facebook, our Twitter, or even our website And you never know, it may be mentioned or used on an episode right around the corner. And we hope that, you know, you guys keep enjoying it. We're having a blast here with you guys. We love sharing this, and we hope that you're enjoying it just the same. Thank you for listening to the Sleeper Hold Podcast. Don't forget to visit our website at thesleeperhold.com to comment on episodes, read our blog, find information about our quarterly charity, and more. See you next week.